listening to the Back to God podcast, where we encourage people everywhere to develop not only their faith in God, but to passionately pursue their relationship with God. God, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for just this time to feast at your table, Lord, and and just take from your riches and glory. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that you'll impart and so as wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, the king discernment, and the tongue of the learned. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, pray, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Give an honor to uh, Apostle and Pastor Mamie and all you people of God and those of you that are viewing on Facebook. Turn to Acts, the fourth chapter. Acts, the fourth chapter. And we're going to look at verse 13. Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 13. And it says this, now when the men of the Sanhedrin, and I'm reading out an Amplified Bible just in case it sounds different. Uh, Now when the men of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the the fact that they were uneducated and untrained ordinary men, they were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so... This morning's lesson uh, from Apostle uh, talked about when Jesus is revealed, then he will use you. And so I think that we're living in a time where the revelation of who Jesus is, not only to us, but in us, needs to be something that we become acquainted with. uh, Because the world needs to see Jesus. They don't need to see another religious person. They need to see Jesus. Amen? And so... When we look at this uh, Acts 4, if you read the earlier verses, uh, Peter and John were at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And when they were at that gate, um, they they came upon a man who had been lame for many years and they healed by by the power of Jesus. They healed him. He got up and walked and he didn't just get up and walk. He leaped. He walked leaping walking, leaping, and praising God. He didn't even know what to do because he hadn't moved his legs in so long, but he walked, he leaped, he praised God. And because of that, it, it caught attention. When the world starts to see signs and wonders being done by the church, and not the church in here, but when they start to see signs and wonders being done out there, then it will catch their attention and they, will, they won't be able to uh, restrain. Some people will like, celebrate with you. But then most people will be upset with you, especially if they, they're stuck in religion and they don't really have relationship with, with Jesus or God. They'll be very upset with you. And so these men who are, who are the educated, who are the cream of, the, cream of society, uh, they, they saw Peter and John 
these two, it says they were uneducated. They grasped the facts. So they knew that these guys weren't in their class. When Jesus is revealed not only to you but in you, then he will astound those people that think they're qualified by natural means. When we look at Peter and John and we think about this, the fact that it identifies them as being uneducated, untrained, ordinary men, what made them so extraordinary? Let's look at the book of Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. And if we look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it says this, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge, and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what what his eyes see, nor make decisions by what his ears hear. And then let's go to Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. And we look at verse 4, says this, The Lord God has given me, his servant, the tongue of disciples as one who is taught, that I may know how to sustain the weary with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple, as one who is taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I have not been rebellious, nor have I turned back. And so what was it exactly that Peter and John were were demonstrating? They were demonstrating what Jesus walked in his entire life. It's something about how when you spend time with someone so long, you start to actually look like them. A lot of married couples identify with this, you know. When me and my wife got married after like the first year, two years, people started saying, oh, y'all look alike now. And it's because they say that. It's a common saying among people, normal humans. But they, they say that. I mean, I, even growing up, I've heard it said about my parents, you know, people saying how my parents look alike. And it's because the more you spend time with a person, the more you start to actually look like each other. Even in Corinthians, Paul tells the Corinthian church, he says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so as we, as Jesus, the revelation of Jesus becomes something that we're intimately acquainted with, then we can't help but to look like Jesus. We can't help but to act like Jesus. And that's what the world is looking for. They're they're not looking for somebody who thinks they know They're looking for somebody who does the works of Jesus. Because we got enough people out, and that's always been the thing about me that that frustrated me about uh, uh, people that just talk about confession, 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 you know, but they forget about the fact that your confession, your faith has to be met with works. Because James said that faith without works is dead. But a lot of people call themselves Christians. They're, they're, They're going to church, they're they're, they're even carrying their Bibles. They're, they're doing all the spiritual things, but they're not actually doing anything. 
And if we have a revelation of Jesus, we cannot help but to have an active faith that demonstrates and is confirmed through signs following. Jesus told his disciples in Mark 16, he said, these signs, the word that you will that you will preach, the word that you will declare will not just be something that's in black and white, but it will be in living color, technicolor. It's time that the world sees a three dimensional demonstration of the word of God. The other Sunday, Apostle preached the message, the word became flesh, which encouraged us to believe for the manifestation of God's word in our lifetime. It's great to read it. It's great to quote it. But when I see it, it becomes something else. I think about the fact that a lot of times, you know, when you're going around and, you know, you wake up in the morning and the lights are off. You're trying to find something. You can't find it until you turn the light on. So a lot of times we're trying to look for souls. We're trying to look for we're trying to look for for God. But God says that when you begin to walk by faith and actually take some risk. Because that's what they did. Peter and John took a risk. Because it identifies them in the, in the fleshly realm. They were identified as uneducated, untrained. So they didn't go to seminary. So when Peter gave his discourse in the earlier verses, before verse 13, Peter spoke like an Oxford professor. Like he was trained in Sanhedrin. They're trying to figure out, this guy's making me mad because he wasn't in our class. He didn't grow up like we grew up. And that's what God is called. God is going to call a lot of people that don't look like what you think they're supposed to look like. As Apostle said this morning, God doesn't always use the logical. Sometimes what God is doing or calling us to do, the commands, the orders, the strategies he's given us, doesn't make sense to us in the natural realm. But it's when we begin to see through the eye of the spirit and we begin to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh, because you got enough Christians out there who are doing fleshly things, who think that they're who think that promoting a fleshly uh, orientation of the gospel is going to get people. They're not walking in the power of the spirit, they're walking in the power of the flesh. I don't need to turn the lights off to get in his presence. I don't need fancy screens to get it, to know I'm in the presence of God. It's when things are stripped away and you have nothing at your disposal that you can rely on God and God can move through you that you know you got something. Amen. I wonder most of the time when I look at the church, the body of Christ universal, and I wonder what happened to us. I think about in, in, in the book of Haggai when he says, what happened to this house? There was such glory on this house. What happened to this house that it lost the glory? But it's when we remember where we came from. It's when we remember our origin story. 
that our origin began in God and it will end with God. And until I identify with God, I will not be able to do the works of God. Too many people walking by the flesh. Sometimes I'm concerned for this generation because they, they see more through the eyes of man than through, through the eyes of God. In Isaiah 11, it says that he won't judge by the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears. Too many people are so, so they're so in the flesh to where they're easily being deceived by the, by the devil as he comes in the form of an angel of light. Just because it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, don't mean it's always a duck. We need to really learn to get back into the Holy Spirit. I'm not just going to say the Spirit, I'm going to say the Holy Spirit. Where we have the standard that God has set already in his work. We're not trying to establish any new things. He told, Apostle said the scripture this morning that Jesus told Peter, he said, upon this rock. He didn't say upon this trend. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Because trends come and go. And when the trend goes, the crowd goes with it. But it's when we have our lives, Jesus said, the one who has his life built on the rock is the one that when the storms come, because storms will come. When the storm comes, the rain descends because it rains on the just and the unjust. That person who has themselves grounded in the word of God. But then Jesus says this. Not only does that person read the word, but they do the word too. That's when you know your life is built on a rock. Not when you get beyond the hearing and you get into the doing. We got enough people hearing, but we don't have enough people doing. They identify that we're Christians by our love and our faith works through our love. And so... God is calling us to get back to the image of his son. To get back to the image of his son. Because if you look at the church of today, we don't look like Jesus. We look like somebody else. I remember hearing a story where these two parents of a different race these Caucasian parents had a black child. The father knew that that wasn't his child because it didn't look like him. And when a child grows up, he's going to be concerned and wonder, are you my daddy? But we're not, we're not confused about who our father is. We know who our father is. But we are, we are daily, the process, the process of becoming is done as we behold him, as we pray, as we 
communicate with him, as we devote our lives to him, we become truly committed to the thing that God has called us to do. And that's to establish his kingdom on earth as it is already in heaven. Until the world sees heaven come down, they will not turn to Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of God does not come with observation here, there, there. But the kingdom of heaven is within you. So until you begin to tap in and release the kingdom power of God, the world will not be convinced that your God is true. What happened to Elijah? Elijah was in a time of spiritual darkness where the people had turned and it seemed hopeless, like he was the only one. He got so despondent to where he hid himself and just wanted to die. But when did the turning point happen? The turning point happened when he remembered who he was. He got back on plan and confronted the works of the devil. And when you move out and you function in the anointing and the grace that God has given you, God will meet you there. And God will demonstrate his power and his glory, even if you're the only one. Because sometimes, while we may think we are the only one, there's some people in the cut who they believe too, but see, they're not bold enough to move out on it and to confront the devil, to join a resistance. But then all they need is one. One flicker. One spark to ignite revival in their hearts. When that happened, all of a sudden, Elijah couldn't round up those 450 prophets by himself. So when they saw the fire come down, the people got emboldened. And they said, you know what? The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Let's get him. It was more of the people before than the 450, but what changed? What changed? All of a sudden, God, God consumed the works of the devil. He consumed, he consumed all their doubt. He consumed all the trauma. He consumed all the hurt. He consumed all the destruction that the devil had caused in their society because they had left him. All God is looking for is one. One person who will stand. One person who will go. One person who will speak. One person. One person who will be bold enough and confident enough in their God 
Daniel 11 says this, says that the people in a time of spiritual darkness, the people that know, that are intimately, not only intimately know God, but are known by God. Does heaven know your name? That's right, in a good way. The people that are intimately acquainted with God and God intimately acquainted with them will be strong, stand firm, and do exploits for God. When Jesus is revealed to you and through you, you will walk with such a fervent faith to where you ignite faith in the hearts of other people. But they got to see you move. When you move, they move. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing in and through us. We thank you that Jesus is Lord to the glory and honor of God the Father. We thank you, Lord, for just putting your words in our mouth, your courage and your, your spirit in our hearts so that we can walk by faith and not by sight, that we can be led by the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh. Lord, we thank you. We praise you right now. And we lift you up and give you glory for everything because it is your power. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. We thank you for the souls that will be one in this end-time harvest. And we choose faith over fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Perhaps there's a person or persons who, after hearing this message, you want to recommit your life to God. You want to choose to follow God from this point forward. Even if you've never made that decision before, now is the time to accept him. Scripture tells us that now is the time of salvation. There's no day like today. And just in case someone who is watching may be on the fence, I want to pray this prayer with you as an encouragement. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord, to be my God. I acknowledge you as the Father who wants me, who loves me, and who adopted me because he wanted me. I thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me from my sins. And one day, I will be with you in glory. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So can you say yes to the Lord after a word?